Hey friends, this is Mark James. Today is Wednesday. Slightly different flavor today, as you may be able to hear. I'm actually driving. Um, don't worry though, I was socially distanced for the wankers. <laughs> By which I mean I followed all the health and safety protocol. I pressed record and then I've uh, pulled away and uh, I'm driving to the show and I will press, um, I'll press stop after I pull up somewhere. So I won't be... Um, I won't be doing anything that requires my attention away from paying attention to the road. So I don't want you to panic or worry about me. I'm going to be absolutely fine. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I'll tell you what it does mean, though. It does mean that when I do my usual thing of uh, having absolutely no idea what I'm talking about and I have to Google or whatever, I won't be able to do that because um, I can't look on the Internet, can I, um, whilst driving? So if I don't know the answer to something in this podcast, I'm just going to have to stick with it. So never mind. Uh, we're going to talk about magic a little bit today. If you are a magician, you should know that my other podcast, which is called Talking Shtick, which is also free to listen to, by the way, if you're interested in hearing these chats, is available now on your favorite podcast listening platform. So every, uh, every podcast listening place that can have it on has it on. It's called Talking Shtick. S-H-T-I-C-K, and I interview magicians about their shows. Um, there's 12 episodes from last season, and then the new season started today, where I interview Steve Spill from Hawaii. So that was cool. So I'm going to talk about a little bit of magic today, if I get round to it. <laughs> I always say I'm going to talk about it, then it never happens, does it? it never gets on. So I'm driving to a gig right now. I'm driving to a holiday park called Caligran, and I was actually on the team there. My first job away from home was at this place. Uh, I'll tell you how it all happened, actually. Last night, I gigged at a place called Martin Mayer. I had a great show, actually. My Facebook page, loads of people comment on it, said they really enjoyed it. I had a really nice moment. I probably uh, know. So a few years ago in, in Panto, Pantomime, uh, I'm not going to bother explaining it. If, you're not, if you don't know what a Panto is, you'll have to Google it and find out. But uh, I was in a panto playing what you would refer to as the principal comic a few years ago. I was wishy-washy in uh, Aladdin. That's not a review. <laughs> That's the name of the character. So I was wishy-washy in Aladdin. And uh, wishy-washy <coughs> is Aladdin's brother. Sorry, I'm at some traffic lights and I've just decided that I'm about to die. So I'm just going to open this drink that I brought and uh, try not to die. Mm. I think I'm still alive. So Wishiwashi is an inserted character into the story of Aladdin, and he is Aladdin's brother, and he does loads of stupid stuff. Anyway, years ago, I was playing this part, and we had what's referred to as a relaxed performance, which is when people with various uh, learning difficulties or, um, you know, autism, things like that, they come in to watch the show, and the show is very much toned down. So rather than the theatre being in complete blackness, the lights are at 50%, we don't set off any of the pyros. There's no big bangs or whoops. We don't squirt water into the audience. Essentially, all of the things that could trigger some sort of sensory problem, uh, they are removed or massively dialed down. And when people buy the tickets for these particular shows, they know that that's going to be the case. We don't... Uh, the show is much less physical. The characters don't hit each other and things like that. You know, we keep it very calm. And so that allows uh, all sorts of people to be able to come and enjoy the show, regardless of what their, you know, pre-existing, uh, you know, conditions or whatever are, uh, or, you know, various, you know what I mean. It's basically so that everyone can come and see the show. It's a lovely thing. 
Uh, I'm surprised, actually, that more shows don't do it, but most good pantomimes do do it. And so I said, do do. <laughs> so uh, we did, we're doing two days of those, I think, two afternoons we had those. Anyway, there was a lovely sign language uh, lady who came. Her name was Nadine. And Nadine was coming to see the rehearsals so she could get a feel for the characters, start to understand the script so that she could fluidly communicate in sign language to the audience. And I thought this was fascinating. So I asked her if she'd give me a few lessons that would help me to learn my opening monologue. And the opening monologue of the show for my character is like a five minute bit where I come out, I talk to the audience, I do some jokes, I make them laugh, I explain what's going to happen, I tell them who I am. And my character is basically the only character in the show who breaks the fourth wall and talks to the audience directly. So I asked her if she could teach me all of that opening monologue in sign language. And I had a few lessons with her. And um, I learned it and it was brilliant. And so it played really well in the show as well. You know, people loved the fact that I'd taken the time to learn it. And it made me think, I'm going to put some real effort into this. I'm going to learn sign language and I'm always going to have it with me. Obviously, for reasons of the fact that I'm a normal human being who constantly makes promises to himself and everybody else that he doesn't keep, I never bothered to actually go through with it and learn it. I've got a friend called Emma who works as a sign language interpreter. She constantly offers to give me lessons. Whenever I see her, I bring it up and she's like, yeah, let's sort it. I never go through with it. I don't know why, because uh, I'm lazy. Because I'm a lazy piece of shit, that's why. <laughs> but anyway, I've remembered enough from back then to be able to still remember how to say, uh, will you be my friend? I hope you enjoy the show. Thanks for coming. You know, nice to meet you. All of these different pleasantries and sort of basic conversational stuff. So last night, um, I say to a kid in the front row who I'm talking to, because I can't get anybody on stage at the moment, that's one of the rules of being back doing shows, is that you're not allowed to have any physical contact with the audience or leave the stage or bring anyone up onto the stage. So I'm talking to a kid who's down in the front row, and I said, what's your favorite lesson at school? And he said, sign language. And I thought, wow, they don't teach sign language in my kid's school. Well, there's kids from Scotland, which, you know, generally, I feel like they sometimes do things a little bit better up there than we do down here. We could do with doing a bit more listening to them than trying to make them listen to us. But anyway, this kid's a sign language. So I bust into the old stuff. Hey, buddy, will you be my friend? I hope you enjoy the show. Thanks for coming. All the stuff I can remember is still entirely relevant. So I'm signing the kid. The kid's signing to me. I could tell his family loved it. And it was, it again, was very nice for the audience. And I'll bet that they thought, this guy knows a ton of sign language. Of course, I don't. I use the four phrases that I know or that I can remember. But, you know, I'll take the credit for them thinking I'm better than I am. Isn't that what magic's all about? <laughs> but it did make me think, bloody hell, Mark, why don't you go through with it and actually learn some sign language? Maybe I will. So before I forget, let's talk about some magic influences. Who do I really love? Um, you know what? I'm going to leave this until tomorrow, <laughs> but I'm going to promise to think about it because if I try to talk about it now, I know what will happen. What will happen is I will attempt to talk about some people. I'll mention the only few people that I can think of off the top of my head and I'll miss a load of people out. I'll give you one magician that I love today. Paul Kozak. Paul Kozak is one of the best magicians on the planet, in my opinion. He's still alive today, still performing, still as great as ever. He lives in Hawaii. But what Paul Kozak does that I think a lot of magicians don't do is he comp combines really, really funny comedy 
with absolutely killer, difficult sleight of hand magic. And I think that when people see a performer, they either say he was really good at magic or, or I shouldn't say he, there's no gender specificity in this part, actually. But because I'm talking about Paul Kozak, I say uh, he. But they either say they were really good at magic or they were really funny. They very rarely say they were so funny and the magic was amazing. Sometimes they do, of course. There are plenty of exceptions and I aim consistently to try and be one of them. But Paul Kozak absolutely is an exception to that rule. Killer, difficult sleight of hand, tricks that are... Sometimes as well, people perform difficult sleight of hand, but the audience never knows about it. Whereas Paul Kozak, it combines manipulation with comedy in a lot of his routines. And I think that's brilliant. So he's one of my favorites. That's my first magical influence that I'm going to drop in the podcast. And uh, I suggest you look him up, go and find some Paul Kozak magic. And uh, I promise you'll like him. Sometimes he just calls himself Kozak, the magician, K-O-Z-A-K. Sometimes he'll be down as Paul Kozak. Sometimes at the moment, I think he calls himself uh, Kona or Kona Cozy or something, because he's in Hawaii now. So he's adopted a kind of Hawaiian vibe. And um, that's another thing he does as well. He really adapts. You know, I saw a video of him performing in Vegas years ago. He was wearing a zoot suit. Um, It was very flashy, you know, fast-paced. Then I've seen another video of him since that's different. He changes his style based on his surroundings quite a bit. And I can appreciate that too. It's not an easy thing to do. But to also retain your own personality through that process and to be able to put your personality onto a different style is very hard because so frequently your style is dictated by your personality, but his is so strong that he can ride over it. I think that's great. So Paul Kozak, there's the first one. Maybe I should just mention one a day because it might get boring if you're not a magician to listen to me talk about magicians. I don't know. Um, I've been thinking about Ikea the last couple of days. (laughs) I've been thinking about Ikea in comparison to other places that sell furniture and couches and stuff. Oh, I've got someone driving behind me who, like, we're on a single lane road, right? It's never going to get past me in a million years. I'm doing the speed limit. There's about 12 cars in front of me that are doing the speed limit. And this guy, where's he trying to go? If he wants to get into my car, he should flash me, pull over and sit next to me, trying to drive your car into my boot or trunk. It's not going to work, mate. Calm yourself down. Jesus. So anyway, um, Ikea compared to other furniture shops. Years ago, I went to buy a couch from, uh, I think it was DFS, or it might have been SCS, one of the famous branded furniture places. Sarah and I picked this couch, yeah? It was expensive as shit for a start. The couch was like 1,400 pounds. It was a corner couch. And then the single chair was another 600. So altogether, it was 2,000 pounds for this couch and chair. When we got to the checkout and everything, not that it was in our basket, you don't like walk around and put it in the basket. (laughs) If only you could. You do that in Ikea, sort of. But um, we picked it. You have, a, you have to have a little meeting as well. You say you want the couch. Then you sit down and you have a little meeting. And they show you some different fabrics that that couch can be made out of. So then you have to decide if the couch that you're looking at would look better in a fabric that you're holding a 10-inch square of. <laughs> it's a really strange game. Um, but you can't see that couch. You can only see the bit of fabric and the couch, the color that it is. So we opted for the couch in the color that it was. It was black and gray. Terrible decision in the long run. But anyway, you pay for it and you go, right, when is it getting delivered then? And they say, well, 
It'll be sometime in the next six to eight weeks. Six to eight weeks. What the hell's going on there, UK furniture supply places? Six to eight weeks. What the fuck are we supposed to sit on for the next two months? The floor. We're not students in a sitcom with white cardboard boxes of Chinese on the floor with our knees crossed because we've just moved in. And aren't we fabulous? Jesus Christ. I'm in my 30s. I was in my 20s at the time. But I still need something to sit down on. So we, we already bought it. It got delivered six bloody weeks later. Until then, we're sitting on like just deck chairs and stuff. <laughs> Imagine inviting people around to your living room. And because you've never bought a couch before and you don't know how it works, you tell everyone, we've just been to buy a couch. And they go, oh, we'll come around and see it. And they get to your house and you're sitting on deck chairs. It's ridiculous. There's no fun at all. Compared to Ikea. Now, Ikea. Hmm. They go for a very different vibe. In Ikea, you can walk around and you can basically have anything they sell on the day. But you're not allowed to buy it when you see it. (laughs) It's very weird. You've all been to Ikea, but have you ever thought about how strange this is? When you're walking around and you're not sure if something you can see in the shop, if you're allowed to pick it up and put it in your basket. Because you know that most of the stuff you want is going to be in the thing that they call the marketplace, which is basically the warehouse, but better organized. (laughs) They let you in the warehouse. But because a lot of it's furniture, you can't walk around and pick it up. But even lamps and stuff, you think, well, am I allowed to pick that up now? And then you go to pick something up and it's bolted to the ground or it's bolted to the table. You know, well, maybe we can't pick that up now. But every now and again, there's something that you can pick up, but you didn't realize. So you get to the marketplace and you say, You know those iPad stands that are back where the office stuff is? Uh, Where will we find those in here? And they go, you won't find them in there. They're back in the office bit. And now you're not sure what to do. Because IKEA also operate a one-way system. (laughs) So now, have I got to leave and then go back into IKEA and spend eight and a half years walking around it, upstairs and downstairs, in loads of little fake versions of living rooms and bedrooms that make you wish your house was a lot smaller than it was? Do you ever look at it and think, oh, this is great, but our living room's way too big? They do make you wish that you had a smaller space um, because they make a brilliant bedroom out of a cupboard. And you think, well, this looks terrific. But I just never know. What, what is the score with that? DFS, obviously, walk in. I want that couch. Pay for it. Done. You can't have it for six weeks. Ikea, you can have it today. Don't pick it up yet. <laughs> do not pick that up. It's not yours. When you buy it, you can take it home today, but don't pick it up yet. Then Ikea, if you buy a couch, you don't have to take it home with you because you might not have a van or anything. We bought a chair recently, a recliner chair, and we did take it home with us. It was a bloody nightmare fitting it in the car. It was like Tetris. Um, But Gary Delaney's got a great joke about Tetris. He says, have you heard that the guy who invented Tetris has died? Apparently they lowered his coffin into the ground and the whole graveyard disappeared. That is a great joke. But um, yeah, we bought that and we took it home. But otherwise, if you don't want to take it home, you say, I don't want that today. When can you deliver it? And they go, it'll be between six and eight tomorrow. And that's totally different. When we moved into our current house, we moved from a house that was across the road. And um, it was terrific because we got the keys two weeks early. And um, they... We went to Ikea and we got all the stuff bought and we basically got it delivered to the new house. So by the time we were ready to move, 
everything was in there. Like I have a ton of books. Books is one of the main things I spend, you know, I mean, when I used to spend money, that was one of the main things I spent money on prior to the, uh, after the DVD phase and before it's sort of in between. But, um, yeah, I bought identical bookshelves, but in a different color that were once in my office, my office in the old house was much bigger. Um, and we put them in the kitchen and then I literally put all the books into suitcases and I carried them across. It took me maybe 15, 20 trips of taking two suitcases at a time. But I lifted them out of the suitcase and put them straight back onto the shelf in the exact same position as they'd been in in the old house. That makes moving ideal. So I guess the advice I'm trying to give you is if you're going to move house, do it to a house that's across the road <laughs> and get the keys to the new house two weeks before you've got to leave the old one. I mean, that is advice that literally nobody is going to be able to take. Maybe one or two people in their lives will get as lucky as that. But otherwise, you're not going to be able to take that advice. <laughs> I feel like I started a topic on this podcast that I haven't come back to. Oh, yeah, my first gig, because I'm driving to it now. Um, how did it start entertainment for me? I was going to tell you about this thing I saw about this woman saying she was going to marry a ghost. I'll have to tell you about that tomorrow. <laughs> um how did I get started? So I was in college and I was studying music and uh, I wasn't a great musician, nor was I a great singer. I mean, I still play the guitar now and I sing mainly just to annoy people, but um, I'm not very good. But I can play the guitar. All right. And, you know, a bit of piano, a bit of drums. I play a lot of instruments as well as anybody does who's been in a band, basically. <laughs> I don't want to talk up my skills. But um, I was doing that at college and my friend Mark he uh, used to love reading the NME, but he, the NME, by the way, the New Musical Express, was a, a magazine, I think it's still going actually, it's a magazine specifically about the music industry, and it's in the UK. It's kind of like, uh, is it called Q or like that rock magazine or whatever, but it's sort of about indie music in the UK. Anyway, my friend Mark used to love reading that, but he was too cheap to pay for it. <laughs> Sorry, Mark, if you're listening to this. Um, so we used to go to the library every Wednesday and he would read that and I would sit and twiddle my thumbs because I didn't have a mobile phone, really. I had one, but it wasn't worth playing with. Uh, a bit like a, quite a lot of things in my life, but enough about that. So he would read the magazine. I'd sit there. This other girl that I really fancied called Beth, she would uh, often be in the library too. So I would talk to her. Anyway, this girl that I really had a thing for she was sitting on the computer one day and she said, oh, I'm going to book to audition to be a fun star. And I said, what's that? And she said, oh, they're entertainers at holiday parks. And I said, do you mean Haven, mate? And she said, well, they used to be called that. They're called fun stars now because I used to go on holiday to holiday parks when I was a little kid and they were called Haven, mates. So Beth said, I'm going to audition, but it's quite a far drive. It's this Sunday. This was on a Wednesday afternoon. She said, do either of you two want to come with me? Because I've never driven that far before. I've only just passed my test. We're 17 at the time. I said, well, I will, obviously. <laughs> so she went, all right, fine. Do you mind playing the guitar for me to audition then? And I said, yeah. And she sang the cause version of Everybody Hurts, the REM song. Anyway, I said, if I'm going to come and I'm going to play the guitar, I might as well audition as well. So she signed me up. Anyway, I auditioned. We got our things back. Um... Beth either didn't get the job or didn't end up going to do it. I'm not sure, but I did get it and I did decide to go and do it. So I left college and I went off to be a fun star and it was at the place that I'm about to perform tonight. And what's funny is my show tomorrow is at the place where I performed uh, the second year and the first place that I ever did magic. 
So I'll tell you more about that tomorrow. But as for tonight, I'm heading to perform in the venue that I first ever went on my first ever professional job outside of being a college uh, as a fun star. It's called Caligran. It has a lot of dear memories for me. And uh, I'm on stage in just under an hour, but I'm only 10 minutes away. So that's handy. Um, yeah, things are going things are going pretty well um, on, on, on this little score at the minute. While shows have started up again, I'm, uh, I'm quite happy. I'm hoping they're talking about a circuit breaker lockdown in the UK. I'm kind of hoping they can do it at the beginning of November <laughs> rather than the end of October, because uh, if they do, it will make a massive amount of difference to me personally. And, you know, you never know what difference it will make to the country to do it a week earlier or later. So all I can think about is the fact that another week's gigs will help me survive another month in the wilderness. So fingers crossed, if we're going to do it, we'll wait until November. Maybe. I don't know. God, you just want everyone to be okay, don't you? It's a tough one. It's a very, very tough one. Um, right, I'm going to pull over into this little lay-by so I can press stop on the recording and upload this podcast. And then I've got to drive the rest of the way. Um, here we go. Okay, thanks, friends. I'll speak to you tomorrow.